The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this weekly podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. Hi, this is Mike Rogers with another great Welsh Wire conversation. Now, here's Sherry Welsh. We're talking talent today on the Welsh Wire, and as our special guest, we have Ashley Iovino. Ashley is the business services manager for Michigan Work Southwest at the WEF John Institute in Kalamazoo. Ashley, welcome to the Welsh Wire. Hi, uh, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you in your area of expertise. I think everybody knows the WEF John Institute for the employment research that it's done for what, like 75 years? A a long time, yes. A really long time, right? And as a part of that work too, they house the Michigan Works Office for Southwest Michigan, which is where you come in uh, with some really great information to share with our listeners. So we'll talk a little bit today about the landscape, about what's going on with talent in Southwest Michigan, all the trends, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? But I think most importantly, what everyone wants to hear is, are, what can I do to beat this? Like, how can I get ahead? Like, how can I set myself apart? How can I win this game? Because it's not fun to just be stuck uh, without solutions. And you've got some great ideas to share too. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get started, Ashley. Um, tell us some of the data to sort of set the stage for where we're at today. In case people don't know, it's rough out there. Tell us about the local unemployment numbers right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you know, thanks again for for having me on. Um, and uh, you know, when we when we talk about uh, Michigan Work Southwest and, and kind of just the the area that we covered just to kind of um, set the scene, if you will, uh, we cover four counties in Southwest Michigan of Branch. Calhoun, Kalamazoo, and St. Joseph. Um, with that being said, you know, we, we do work with a lot of area partners and employers even outside of those, those areas as well. Um, so, you know, with the, the Upjohn Institute, we're able to even pull together some different data, um, sometimes even from all of West Michigan, um, sometimes just, you know, um, in that Southwest corner, but sometimes also, you know, it's important to compare it to just where the state numbers are at. Um, so, Yeah, so looking at um, unemployment rates kind of just for our area, they really, um, over the last uh, several months, they've they've ranged a bit, um, but they're anywhere between, I would say, around 5% to it looks like the highest is at 6.8%, and that's in Calhoun County. So it's kind of interesting when you look at that and and you kind of look at pre-pandemic unemployment rates because they were hovering right around 4% before the pandemic and things at that time. Uh, to be honest, really kind of felt um, dire in terms of employers trying to find uh, employees. And now the unemployment rate is a little bit higher than that, and they feel even worse than uh, at that time. So it's a really unique landscape right now. Right. And so help us dial that in a little bit. What what does that mean? Does that have to do with a workforce participation rate? Or why why is the unemployment rate actually slightly higher, but we feel the shortage of employees and workers so much more acutely right now? Yeah, really great question. Um, And it continues to play in that kind of unique narrative when you really dive a little bit deeper into these numbers and what do they mean? Um, So, you know, there's a couple of factors into that. We've got folks that are, you know, have been on unemployment for uh, a little while now, um, taking 
uh, part in some of those federal benefits that have been available, which just ended here at the beginning of September. Right. Um, so we're so the data too that I'm talking about, just to kind of put in perspective, it, it's not like real time in this moment data. It's it's yeah. you know at least a you know month or so behind, uh, just because that's how data works typically. It, it doesn't come out right in that in, instantaneous kind of moment. Um, so, you know, the, the newest um, unemployment rates reflected with the September are not available yet. Um, but when we look at that in comparison to labor force participation rate, which is really where we tend to focus a lot of attention on, uh, because that, that shows us how many people are actually available in the workforce in that area. So when you look at unemployment rate, that's only going to be counting people that are uh, applying or, or, or funneled through the unemployment system. That's right. The labor force participation rate is really going to count a, a larger landscape of folks. So like if there's somebody that um, has been on unemployment, but then they've now decided to, you know, I'm done collecting any benefits, but I can't go back to work because I'm staying at home to care for the children. Right. They don't fall into that unemployment rate anymore. They're not showing they, up in those unemployment numbers. Yeah, exactly. They're but they're still showing up in the labor force participation rate. So you really, to get a full kind of picture of the overall landscape, you got to take a look at both. You got to see that unemployment rate and compare it with the labor force participation rate. Yeah. So what does that labor force participation rate look like right now? I mean, is that, has that gone down? Yeah. It's Once again, when I was looking at the numbers, it was, it was kind of interesting because through the region, um, which is the, the four counties that we serve, it's at 58%. Through West Michigan, it's um, around 62% which is surprising because in the state of Michigan is around 58.9%. So typically we try to be around where that state average is. Yeah. And for the region of those four counties, we're a little bit lower than that. But for West Michigan, which covers all of the counties up into uh, Kent County, Allegan, all that kind of area um, around the lakeside is actually much higher than the state average. So it's, but like I said, when you get into um, deeper dives into like Branch County, Calhoun County is only at 56%. And then you look at that, what the numbers actually tell us and show, it's um, it's surprising. It's really interesting to to see the differences there. So we're not really sure what that means yet, do we? I mean, we don't really know what that means right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, when I was pulling some information around um, the region and, and really um, kind of just history comparison, Basically, there's been around 12,000 people in the, those four counties that have either moved, are just not looking for work anymore, have dropped out, have passed away, kind of all those different scenarios. And so that's a pretty big drop, around 12,000 people in four counties that are no longer available to be participating in our in our workforce. Yeah. And then, you know, you bring up an interesting fact, too, because you know, some of the research that I've seen has shown that we have a shrinking workforce in general. And, and that is something that I don't think everybody recognizes right now that's going through this talent crunch, right? Um, yeah. The scary thing about that is that that number is not going to change anytime soon. So the, the statistics that I've seen is that um, the working age population has fallen at the age of 16 to 64. So it, it was it declined in 2019 or plateaued in 2019 and actually fell in 2020. And during the pandemic, 2.6 million baby boomers took early retirement and left the workforce. So those 12,000 people you're talking about in this four county region, they're all caught up in that. They're caught up in that shrinking work age population. We're also caught up in these boomers that, you know, decided they had enough sitting in their 401k 
and game over. Like, I don't want to play this anymore. This is, this is too rough. I'm out. Certainly. I mean, absolutely. That's exactly what, and, you know, we talk to a lot of employers and, you know, ask them questions around, okay, are you paying attention to the age of your workforce and what that looks like? Because there, there is that a population that's getting ready to retire of the baby boomers. And there's not the same amount of uh, actual people coming up behind that. So it's a, it's a, it's an issue. Yeah, it definitely is. And so not to dwell too much on the negative, but for anyone who has the misguided notion that this is a temporary thing, it's a boomerang effect from the pandemic and everything coming back online and the economy surging and it's eventually going to level out. I think we have to be honest and say, buckle up because it's not going to go away anytime soon, which was what leads us to solutions, right? Because you and yeah. I are you and I are solutions providers, right? <laughs> we provide answers to people's problems. So um, if we know this is a long-term issue, we've got to come up with some strategies to attack it and help employers win, not just in the short term, but in the long term, yeah. right? And you've got some really great solutions. I mean, the, one of the most exciting ones I, I think everybody needs to know about, you've talked about this going pro program and the apprenticeships. Tell us about that, Ashley. Yeah, very much so. Um, so I love that we get to shift the conversation to solutions because there, there are some great options out there for employers. And really, um, you know, the employers that we're seeing that are they're doing well, even amidst some of these you know, scary looking numbers with just the, the shrinking labor force, um, our employers are investing in their team in more than one way. Um, so one way is through the Going Pro Talent Fund, which is a statewide grant. So it's actually pretty unique that Michigan does this. Um, it's been around since around 2011 or so. And it's a competitive grant that employers have the opportunity to apply for. Um, they have to work with the Michigan Works um, Agency, and there's 16 of us in, in um, Michigan total. Uh, but they work through a Michigan Works Agency to help fill out the application. We help guide them through what that looks like and, and give them advice and thoughts on their training plan and what that looks like. We don't tell employers, you have to do this, you have to do that, but just make sure that, you know, at the end of the day, employers don't have time to be grant writers. Um, so we we do though, we can, we can help guide them through that. So that's really the part that we play. Um, but it's a grant that allows employers to really um, help upskill current employees uh, so they could send them to classroom trainings uh, and it could qualify for up to, to $1,500 per employee, not per, per training. So an employee could go to multiple trainings, um, but it, there's also two other parts to it too of uh, an apprenticeship side of it. So if an employer is looking to send uh, a, an employee through a, an apprenticeship program and it's in their first year of a United States Department of Labor recognized uh, apprenticeship, apprenticeship program, they could get up to $3,000 in reimbursement for training costs. Uh, but then that the third fantastic. part, yeah, oh, there's, and, yeah, there's even that. a third part to it too. Yeah. So it's for employers that are looking to hire. Um, and so they're, they're expanding their workforce um, and they need some assistance with that onboarding cost. They could put new hires on this training plan as well and get up to $1,500 in wage reimbursement. Um, oh, so awesome. yeah, well, just a lot of opportunity. We've had a lot of employers um, across West Michigan take advantage of this grant and, and it just keeps growing with popularity too, which, you know, grows with some of that competitive competitiveness too, because it's, um, you know, it, all the grants are scored at the state once the applications are received, but at the same time, as it grows with more attention, you know, more funds can get allocated towards it and, you know, more job seekers and employers and training providers all can be helped by it. 
Right, right. And I think you and I've talked about this before. And I think I remember you mentioning like a great majority of people that apply get it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. and it's not just for manufacturers. Correct. Yeah. Yep. We've had. So if, I, if I'm an insurance agent or if I'm, you know, a marketing firm or what, you know, I mean, there's there's opportunity for everybody because when you hear apprenticeships, you tend mm-hmm. to think manufacturing. Oh, that's not me. That doesn't apply. But I hear you saying there's application of these funds in a, for just about any business and it doesn't matter the size of the business. Are there restrictions on that at all? Yeah, correct. Um, so it is it is pretty open ended. I mean, there's there's definitely um, qualifications around what trainings can happen. So sure. it's it's you know there it has to be of a certain uh, level of rigor. Um, can't be you know uh, ones that are one day leadership conference kind of thing. Um, but right. there's there's a lot of trainings that that do qualify. Um, and the trainings need to be short term. So it's looking at how do we help upskill people fairly quickly. So they can't last more than six months. But um, but you're right. So it's really open-ended for that. We have had architect firms. Um, we have had healthcare uh, employers. We've had manufacturing. We've had really all kinds of employers that have applied and have received the, the grant. And size-wise, um, it, there's actually points in the scoring criteria that favor smaller employers. So if you're, oh, if you're out awesome. there and you're going, I, I've only, I only hire or I only have you know, five people on my staff, I would never be able to, to get that grant. I'm here to tell you that's not true because um, I, I think the smallest that we've ever had get an award, they had two employees. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, and this is something I think that is, I mean, it's coming up pretty quick when you need to apply for this, right? What are the dates yeah. again, when it needs to be in? It by? is. Yeah. So application period is, it's just really, it's only a couple of weeks long. It opens on September 20th and it will close on uh, October 15th at five okay. o'clock. So it's a small window um, if, if employers are looking to, how do I get in touch? How do I figure out um, how to apply? The best thing they can do is just get in touch with me and I'm happy to give my, my email address. Yeah, we're going to make sure we get all your contact yeah. information and in before we close today. Awesome. Yeah. That is terrific. So there, there's one, I mean, this is a great opportunity and it, it is for all businesses. If you have got some a short-term training need, whether it's for new hires or to upskill your workforce, grab onto that, which is great. You're investing in your current employees and getting what you need, right? And for those who, you know, can find the talent to hire, but don't have the time to train and onboard and really need help and support with that, this will do that. Other hiring strategies, I mean, you talked about some ideas too that you have seen other employers use that have been successful of reaching out to workers in a unique way. Talk about that a little bit, Ashley. Yeah, so we've um, obviously been talking to uh, employers over the last, you know, uh, eighteen months and, and beyond, uh, even before that too. Um, that's primarily our role within Michigan Works is on our business services side is to talk with employers and help them fill openings and help get them connected to grants or other opportunities. Um, but you know, some of the strategies that we've heard from some employers um, and some of them that we've we've even suggested to employers is, you know, first think about where people are. So like when the pandemic first hit. You know, I talked to several employers of like, okay, think about even your marketing strategy. Where are people going? Grocery stores, you know, Lowe's, Menards, places like that. Um, is there a way to advertise there to get the, your openings in front of people? Um, you know, what other word of mouth things are you doing? Um, one thing I did see that was kind of unique and I think can be applied uh, across several different industries is, you know, McDonald's was doing, and I think they still are. Um, everybody that that got a receipt, which how many people through a drive through every single day. Everyone that got a receipt had this little uh, piece of paper that was attached to it that, that had their openings and their opportunities and said, apply now. So it's just getting it in the hands of so many people. And that type of method could be applied across several different industries. You have to think about 
who your customers are. If you're a restaurant and you're looking to hire people, can you put that advertising on a coaster that you hand everybody on a napkin? You know, it's, right. it's really just creative strategies to continue to keep it in front of people so that folks know that, you know, you're, you're out there and you're hiring. I love that. I love that. And we have to be thinking short term because obviously the need and there's a great need now, a desperate need right now for many companies to find, especially entry level talent. Right. Um, but we also have to be thinking about long term at the same time. It's a lot. I know yeah. it's a lot, but you can't you can't ignore one or the other. And part of the long term is really retaining the people that you have, the good people that you have right now. So we can't get so caught up in trying to get those openings filled that we um, work the folks that we have too long or too hard. I mean, uh, for example, you're seeing a lot of restaurants and hospitality operations now that are closing during midweek on slower days, simply so they don't burn their people out, right? So they're thinking, how do we take care of the folks we have right now and not, not work them to death, right? So, You have some ideas for how to really care well for your team and take care of them, retain them. Talk about that. One thing you mentioned was employer resource networks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So we've seen all different kinds of strategies deployed to really um, help keep the people that are there staying at that facility, staying at that that, um, place of employment and really the, the biggest thing that we've seen is making people feel valued and that they're important and they're part of the team. I was literally just on a conference earlier today where a healthcare employer was talking about um, the situation that they've been in and how, you know, they're just having so much burnout happen with their team that they're trying different tactics and methods just to keep people, you know, happy and making sure that they feel valued and straight up just saying thank you to them, you know, because like right. even missing that piece, it's like, it's, it's scary when you think about that. Um, but yeah, the, the employer resource network is uh, one opportunity that that we have that really focuses on the workforce once they're employed. So you know, we do a lot of work around um, folks that are looking to get into to employment, but maybe have some things that are holding them back. Maybe they're struggling with childcare or transportation or other kind of issues in their life. There, um, the employer resource network really focuses on we've got them employed; they're they're hired here and they're working. But how do we keep them employed? So really, it's a it's a network um, where it, once an employer joins that resource network, um, then they get access to a success coach, and that success coach comes on site um, for up to four hours uh, per share. So an employer could purchase more than one share, um, but up to four hours per share, um, where they are made available to employees. And I'm telling you, it's all ends of the spectrum. It might be a CEO that's struggling with something, or a frontline entry entry um, um, entry worker that uh, just needs some assistance. And it's it's really about how do we, you know, can you bring your whole self to work and how do you help um, overcome things? So it, it might be something of, that. yeah, maybe something where they're, they're struggling with, um, you know, a, a conflict with a coworker and they need some resources on how to navigate it, but they could also be struggling with, Hey, my car broke down and I'm, I can't get to work unless I get something fixed on that. That success coach's job is to help with both scenarios. Right, it's just to be right. there as a resource. That is fantastic. Yeah. And that's all about creating a culture that helps them feel like home, right? Like like we're family, like my employer cares about me, keeps them really invested in the organization and keeps them coming back. Um, you know, some of the other things I know that, that really help with culture and retaining employees is cross-training, you know? Yes. 
Um, I have a client that that I work with who told me the story about their retention, which their retention numbers are unbelievable. And they have a lot of entry-level workers. And one of the secrets to their success, which I found so interesting, and and they have a pretty diverse production methodology and schedule, but they cross-train their employees to work at various areas throughout their whole operation. So guess what? Every day is new for them, right? No one comes in and does the same thing over and over all the time. So they're constantly learning. They're very, they're varying their tasks and their jobs each day. And that's a that's really a cool way to keep their entry-level folks engaged. Um, you've talked too about state interviews, right? Yeah. As really being very revealing as to what we're doing well, what we should do more of, or what we might need to change. Talk about that for a second, Ashley. Yeah, absolutely. We have a, an employer that we work with in Meadow Creek that you know had just a, a bit of a different perspective on what they're doing to tackle this retention issue, and they're doing state interviews. So they're their HR team or even frontline uh, supervisors or managers um, will go around periodically and just talk to their their team and say, what is it that makes you stay? What what yeah. what do you like about here? So it's really kind of taking, instead of focusing so much on the negative, like people are leaving because of this or that, it's focusing more on, you know, why are people staying? Why are they choosing us? And so it just changes the perspective a little bit, um, but can be really interesting because I know one issue that we've heard from a lot of employers is even when people do leave, struggling to be able to do those exit interviews and get some of that feedback. So this is almost like kind of getting it on the other side of it where you're, you're getting some of that feedback, but it's proactively, you, know, you can yeah. actually use it rather than reactively. I all have these things I have to fix. Yeah. You're like, Oh, we were doing all these things that are great. Let's find people that appreciate that. Yeah. Very that much so. And want to be a part of a team that does it like that. Yeah. That's so awesome. That's That's awesome. You know, some other things too, just to popcorn out some ideas, but Things that, you know, you can consider as an employer, you know, family-friendly and flexible schedules. More and more companies are going to that to the extent that it does not interrupt your workflow and your production. Um, The more flexibility you can give employees, the better, right? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, Once again, an employer earlier today just shared one of the things that they're doing around those schedules. Um, This is a healthcare employer, but they're they're providing more reliable schedules. So it's even kind of, you know, two part of that flexibility, but also some of that, that that some employees are just needing that reliability if they have children or other, you know, obligations. Um, But then, you know, you touched on this uh, just a, a minute ago, but I think it's also really important is providing employees a pathway, a career pathway within the organization. You know, so what does that actually look like? Can they can they see what growth looks like from the very first day and where can they move into? And really, it's a part when you provide a pathway like that, you're showing that you're investing in that employee. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, you know, creatively. It's time to take a look at full-time positions and say, do we need somebody in this full-time or could we use someone part-time? If you can make the role a part-time role, again, you open up a whole other untapped pool of talent, right, that you can reach into. What about job shares? Could you hire two part-time people that could effectively share the position, right? That's kind of a a thing that hasn't been thought about in a long time, but maybe it's time to dust that off and take another look at it, right? Um, Really tapping into untapped talent pools because there are a lot of recent college grads, college yeah. students looking for internship experiences, you know, veterans, um, disabled, prisoner reentry yes. folks, yep. right? Um, recent retirees, again, love little part-time gigs. So really evaluating each role you have in your organization and saying, could this be filled by somebody other than the typical full-time 40-hour week, Monday eight, Monday through Friday, eight to five person, maybe we could do this differently. Yeah. Yeah. There's opportunities there. Yeah. Yeah. 
So this has been a great conversation. So much to think about. I think the bottom line is we, we want folks to have a takeaway. This challenge is going to be with us for a long time, but it doesn't mean it's without solutions, right? Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I think, you know, when right now workforce has been a hot topic and it, and, and honestly, it's been a hot topic for the last couple of years, you know, um, and it's, everyone's trying to, you know, figure out how do we make it, you know, have a 180 turn and it's completely different. But I think it, overall, some of these issues are going to be here with us for a while. We're, we're not solving the transportation, housing, childcare issue overnight, but we can all collectively work towards solving those issues together, but also look at what are some creative new ways that we could, um, you know, implement some strategies. And then what are some other ways that we can work with partners maybe that we haven't worked with before and just trying to tackle it from another way. But there are some really good resources out there right now to help move the needle in the right direction. Right. And I think what the work that you do at Michigan Works Southwest, I mean, is so key to that because you are a connector to those programs and services. And you're also a wealth of information because you work with so many different employers, large and small throughout the region. You can share best practices and stories because you know it, you don't have to completely reinvent your whole approach to hiring talent, but one or two little tips that help you dial in your talent acquisition efforts a little bit better can make all the difference for your organization. So I just really encourage our listeners to reach out to you um, get in touch with you and learn what you can do to help them and their business, Ashley. So what's the best way to reach you, Ashley, by email or phone or? Yeah, um, best way to reach me is by email. Um, my email address is I-O-V-I-E-N-O at upjohn, U-P-J-O-H-N.org. Um, so last name is Iovino, not Lovino. Everyone thinks it's an L. Um, so I don't want that to catch anybody up. Um, but yeah, email is, is typically the best way to, to reach me um, and look forward to, to speaking with anyone. Awesome. And again, we encourage you to get in touch with Ashley. She has got great tips and ideas to share with you to help you thrive and survive through the talent acquisition crisis. It's going to be around for a while, but there are solutions and we're so glad to share them with you today. Again, we are thrilled to have had Ashley Iovino as our guest today. She is the business services manager for Michigan Works Southwest at the W.E. Upjohn Institute in Kalamazoo. Ashley, thank you so much for your time today and for being our guest on The Welsh Wire. Thank you so much, Sherry. I'm so happy to be here and excited to talk to anyone. So appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for listening to The Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.